0: Hey, praise the Lord, everybody. You're all leaving again. All right, thank you, Dad. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good to be with you today. Uh, thank you for the invitation to be with you, and it's exciting what the Lord is doing here. You have your Bibles, the book of Mark, chapter 8, church. I just want to give you something from the word of the Lord today, Mark, chapter 8, verses 22-25. He cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and he besought him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand. Led him out of the town when he had spit on his eyes, put his hands upon him. He asked him if he saw aught. He looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. I don't want to talk to you this morning from the subject, your miracle is already in motion. Your miracle is already in motion. Let's pray together and let's see if we can get into the spirit and see what the Lord has to say to us individually and corporately. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you're about to do in people's lives. Thank you for the atmosphere of worship that we felt here today. I pray you'd speak to us and demonstrate your power. I pray that there'd be miracles that would manifest this week in people's lives. In Jesus' name, I pray. And somebody said, Amen. You may be seated. Uh, you know <clears throat> evangelizing 20 years it's uh, the number one thing you have to have as an evangelist I think is faith and uh, it's it's something that God seems to use you in uh, when you preach at different churches. the Bible says faith cometh by hearing hearing by the word of the Lord so we obviously know that we cannot have faith, without the word of God. We have to have the word to have faith. If you're struggling with faith and you're doubting everything, it's because you're not reading your Bible enough. If you read your Bible more, you'll have more faith. It's very simple. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so it seems to imply that faith comes to our ears uh, despite what we see. Faith comes into our hearing and then hearing changes how we begin to see things outwardly. Faith is spiritual vision. It's seeing things in the spirit that you cannot see in the flesh. It's believing God for things that your flesh has trouble believing for because you're walking by faith. The awesome thing about faith is it transforms to whatever situation you're in. We have the gift of faith in the Bible. We have the fruit of faith. We have the shield of faith. There's all kinds of faith, and whatever situation you're in, faith is so flexible and so pliable that it more it molds into what you need. So when you're under attack, faith turns into a shield. Uh, when you uh, when when you're about to t- help somebody, faith turns into a gift. When God's about to grow you and develop you, faith turns into a fruit. It's wherever the situation is. That's where faith manifests. It fits the situation. But you have to be in the spirit to see things through faith. If you're questioning everything God's going to do, or you're questioning everything God can do, it's because you're seeing everything through your flesh and not through the faith that God wants you to see things in. In fact, anything that's not a faith, the Bible calls God. So the devil's mission is to get you and I to walk by sight, by flesh, because we are not pleasing God and we are living in sin if we're not believing him for something. I want you to ask yourself right now, what am I currently believing God for this moment in my life? What am I expecting God to do? Because if there's nothing you're expecting God to do, then you're not living by faith. You're living by sight. And so we understand that it's important to get into the spirit so you can see things by faith. Let me give you an example of uh, how we see things through sight and seeing things through faith, the difference in what's really there. Uh, it had not rained in three and a half years. and Elijah tells his servant, go to the mountain and look to the sea and tell me what you see. And the servant goes to, this, to the top of the mountain. He comes back and says, there is nothing. Elijah said, go again. In fact, go seven times. So he goes seven times to the top of the mountain, looks out, And then finally, the seventh time, he comes back, and then he said, there is a cloud like a man's hand. Here's the problem with that. Elijah never said, check the sky. Elijah said, check the sea. He said, go to the sea. See, rain comes from the sun rays hitting the sea, and the evaporation of the water raises back into the sky, forming clouds. And then clouds drop the rain into our atmosphere. That's how rain happens. The servant was looking to the the product, the manifestation of the sky. If I see clouds, I know rain is coming. But Elijah knew the rain source is the sea. So he said, go to the sea. And if you check the source, as long as the sea is there, I'm expecting rain to happen. That's why the servant should have come back and said, The sea is still there. And when he would have said that, Elijah would have said, go tell Ahab, there is a sound of the abundance of rain. But because the servant walked by flesh and with these words of doubt saying there is nothing, there is nothing. Well, if I told you there is a sea, there should be something. In other words, as long as the source is there, there's the potential of the miracle. As long as the source is still on point, something can happen. As long as God is still on the throne, your family can still pray through. As long as there's a God in heaven, you can still be healed in your body. As long as God is still alive something can happen in your life. There is a sea, so rain's gonna come. If God exists, I'm not gonna stop praying. If God is real, I'm not gonna stop worshiping because I might be in a drought, but I walk by faith and not by sight. Hmm. Hmm. See, flesh celebrates, I hope this makes sense for the playoff, flesh celebrates the manifestation Of a miracle, since the spirit celebrates the motion of the miracle. What does that mean? Flesh reacts when there's proof that God did it, the spirit reacts when God's doing it before there's any signal. Uh, Let me give you a Bible we rejoice when someone gets in the water, gets baptized, and gets the Holy Ghost. We throw a party. We get excited. But the Bible said angels rejoice when the sinner repents. In other words, heaven knows the miracle's already in motion when they start repenting. We go crazy when we have the evidence, that they're in the water. But as soon as they're on their knees saying, God, forgive me, heaven Begins to celebrate because they know it won't be very long and they'll be in the water, they'll be speaking with other tongues and we will celebrate the manifestation of what was already in motion. You might not have any evidence physically, but if you walk by faith, there's something going on right now behind the scene that you can't even see in your flesh, but you ought to praise God for it anyway because spirit is Excited about the motion of the miracle. (laughs) Israel celebrated after they crossed the Red Sea. They got the tambourines out when God opened the Red Sea, when he closed it up and shut down the enemy. Then they threw the party. But God was there way before it happened and told Moses at the burning bush, I am come to deliver them. I'm already on sight. They're not going to thank me until the Red Sea opens. They're not going to think I care about them until I drown the enemy because they're living in the flesh. But I'm giving you a peek into the spirit. already here. I'm already delivering them. I'm already making a way where there seems to be no way. Does anybody want to see how God sees? He's doing things you're not even praising him for right now. He's working things out you're not even thanking him for because he's ahead of you and spirit always leads the flesh everyone that day that was hungry when they saw the uh, Jesus take the five loaves and the two fish and he multiplied it the bread and the fish he he, he, he multiplied it and fed five thousand they thought what a miracle how can this man do this this is amazing. But that miracle started when mom packed the lunch that morning. We, we <laughs> That miracle was already in motion when no one had a clue, when they were getting hungry and saying, boy, we're going to have to go somewhere to find some food because Jesus forgot about getting food for everybody. That's flesh. But spirit said, no, there's something already happening in somebody's house. Boy, way over here, this little kid's going to show up in the atmosphere. You're going to ignore him as he walks by you because you think he's got nothing but the spirit's going crazy because the spirit knows this lunch was packed for your manifestation mirror. God is doing something and you have no idea right now. But if you get in the spirit like John did on Patmos, you see things differently. I'm not imprisoned here. I'm anointed here to see things I never saw, but I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And when you get in the spirit, you see what you can't see. (laughs) And so sometimes our miracle is already in motion before we have the proof, before we have the, in fact, every time I would say it's already in motion before we have the evidence. We're waiting on these positive signals as our cue that God has heard us, as our, as our, as, you know, the, the. It's the moment we, we see something good happen, we think, okay, I've gotten through and God's finally going to do this. But in our text here, th- this miracle started not with something good happening, but with something bad happening. See, these people brought this man to Jesus to heal his eyes, and the first thing Jesus did was sever him from all of them. He said, I want you to walk with me and let him out of the town. How can this be a, uh, the pathway to a miracle when you're disconnecting me from the people that brought me here? But sometimes God will sever relationships temporarily because he wants to do something for you personally that he has to do with you alone. Your miracle is in motion, but you're getting upset over the loss of a friendship or the loss of a connection. God's not trying to disconnect it permanently. He's trying to do something for you personally that your friends will not be able to take the credit for. As long as you stay right there with them, they'll be able to say, had we not brought you to Jesus, you would not be healed. But Jesus took that out of the equation and said, I'm going to disconnect you from everyone so that when I give you the miracle, you will praise me and me only because you'll know you had to walk with me before you receive something from me. Sometimes you've got to walk with God and get in motion yourself before you can receive the miracle that's already in motion toward you. Stop sitting there pounding and sucking your thumb wondering where are you god start walking with him and the more you walk with him the more you'll approach what's walking to you if you will walk toward him you'll find that something's walking toward you you have to climb the mountain abraham to find out there's a ram coming up the other side as the substitute for what you think you're going to lose until you make the hike you don't see what what's about to manifest. So Jesus made him walk and disconnect him from his friends. And then he spits on his eyes. Now that's pretty graphic. That's pretty disgusting. That's pretty morbid because Jesus, and you'll find this, show me in the Bible where he did Uh, uh, healed a blind man the same way every time. He didn't. He always did something different. I want to teach you something here. He always did miracles in a different form. It wasn't just the same pattern. Here's the problem. Flesh tries to lock God in a pattern that how he's done it before, he's got to do it now. But Jesus had healed other people by touching them, by telling them to go wash in a pool. This guy, he spits in his face. Now, I guarantee you that I would be thinking, I think it's bad enough, Lord. He's already blind. I mean, what's the this is kind of like how can it get worse <laughs> and you're spitting on someone who can't even see? But this was the signal that the miracle was already in motion. For after he spit flesh, the man said, "I see men as trees walking." First of all, this says so much. Number one, it says this man has had vision before because he knows what trees look like. So, but the problem is the blessing that God is giving him is blurry. He sees, but it's not clear. So, because it's not clear, hmm, because he doesn't have all the details, he reverts to his past and not looking to his future, he begins to describe what God's doing now as something he's seen before. Does that make sense? He's saying what you're doing now reminds me of things that I used to see when I had vision. The thing that I I think you're doing now reminds me of what I used to see. Mm. Can I preach to someone right now that what God is doing now is not what he did before? You think it's a tree, but that's not a tree. You think you've got God figured out, but you do not. You think you have his pattern, but you don't. And the flesh says... I think I've got it figured out. What you're doing now is what you did before. What you're doing now, I can relate to, but here's the problem. What is moving in front of you isn't what you think it is. You think it resembles this, but if your vision was a little clearer, if you saw it through faith and not through flesh, you would see that what's happening now is not what happened before. So if you have to have past proof that God's going to do something now, you're always walking by flesh and not by faith. If you have to have the same pattern for God to do today what he did yesterday, you will live in frustration because frustration says he did it that way before, so he has to do it this that way again. Let me give you Bible. When Mary came to Jesus's tomb, she said these words, who will roll away the stone. She figured if there's going to be an encounter with the body, something's going to have to move. Be- Why was she saying roll away the stone? Because the last time he did this miracle for her, when Lazarus was in the tomb, he said, somebody roll away the stone. And therefore, she said what he did before, he has to do again for something good to happen. But what's about to happen, is not what happened before, before you had to move the obstacle, before you had to remove the barrier, before you had to do all kinds of things, but this time, the stone has already been rolled away, and the miracle is already moving. You think that you need to see it get up before you celebrate what he's doing, but I've got news for you. He's already up. He's already out of the tomb. He's already walking in the garden. He's already near your house right now. You think he's got to do all kinds of things to save your child, but I've got to tell you, he's already removed stones that you can never remove. He's already removed obstacles that you can never move on your own because he's doing things in the spirit. Your miracle is already in motion. Stop trying to figure out out the details and start praising God for the outcome? Is there anybody that can look beyond the environment and thank God for what's about to happen? Can you ignore what the devil is saying? Can you ignore what the doctor is saying? And can you praise God for what's already in motion? Somebody in the back ought to get up on your feet and tell the devil, I'm here for a miracle. It's already in Motion. I can't wait to see the evidence. I've got to praise him before I have the proof. And if I praise him before I get the proof, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Somebody praise him right now for a minute. I just think you ought to take a few seconds and just show the devil I still have some faith. I can still see in the spirit. I can still see in the spirit. Somebody yell out, this is not the same thing. That's not a tree. That's what you're seeing is not what you're seeing. Here's what's funny. Trees are bigger than men. He was magnifying men uh, as trees. It's scary when you magnified people to tree-like dimensions. And the Lord knows this is not what you think You have a problem praising people. That's why I severed you from everybody. (laughs) That's why I disconnected you from everyone you thought you had to have. Because I knew you would see men as trees. But I'm not the God that makes men as trees. I make trees, trees. And I make men, men. And you've got to praise me, not the man. Is there anyone that needs the revelation? People can't do for you what God's about to do for you. You can't praise a preacher enough to get what you're about to get from God. God has let it get lonely. God has let you get tired. God has let you get exhausted with people because people are not the source of your miracle. The one who just Bit in your eyes is the source of the miracle. The one who you think's not answering your prayer is the source of your miracle. The one you think that could make it easier on you and is not hooking you up is the one that you need to really thank right now. He's disconnecting you. To connect you. Those aren't trees. Those are just people. But the maker of the trees is in front of you. The maker of the people is in your atmosphere. The one who spoke light into existence and it released is here right in front of you right now. Somebody ought to praise God. Don't praise your boss. Don't praise your friend. Don't praise the superstar preacher. Praise God. God, because God is the one that's doing this for you. (laughs) And so he asked him, what do you see? And he said, I see men as trees. And so the Bible said he touched him again. Now watch this. When he touched him the second time, he told him where to look. He said, now look up. Now, the first touch came with a question. What do you see? But the second touch came with a command. He he told him where to look. The question revealed the flesh of the man. The first touch revealed the flesh, that he saw men as trees. But the second touch revealed submission when he answered the Lord and he saw everything clearly. He saw every man clearly and his vision was restored. It came back to him. In other words, there is a touch coming from God that brings clarity to your questions. There's a touch coming from God that takes you from questioning. To, to the command of God. In other words, there's a touch that brings direction from God. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you've you you've had blurry blessings. You've had moments where you believe God is doing it, but it's fuzzy, it's foggy, and you can't figure out the details, and it's forced you into a reverse action and living in flesh, and you're trying to figure it out by your past patterns and your past experiences, but there is a touch coming to someone in that room and that touch is going to open your eyes and it's going to bring clarity. I've come to tell you all the way from Florida that God's going to There's a touch coming that opens your eyes and you realize why you had to go through what you had to go through. I don't know who. You know what? We've been so focused on the miracle when we probably need the, the confirmation more because clarity Let's me know the miracle's amazing, but I'm more thankful for the experience of the journey than I am the outcome of the journey, because you learn more from the journey than you do the destiny. You learn more from what you go through than what you're going to, and someone needs to realize God's about to touch you a second time, and when he does, you're going to see like you've never seen before. You're going to have vision like you've never had. In fact, I released vision in that room right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I release vision to your job, vision to your ministry, vision to your anointing, vision to your future. I come against every voice of spiritual blindness. I come against the clouds of discouragement and the voices of despair and the weapons of weariness. And I tell you, open your eyes and see because your miracle's already in motion. God did not make a mistake when he told you what to do. You're disobedient obedience in the past is not going to block your obedience in the present. You're obeying God the best you can. And God said, that's all I need from you. Just obey me now and I'll take care of what you couldn't do before because the touch is coming. The miracle is in motion. You feel the spit in your eyes. You feel the loneliness of no friendship. You feel the loneliness of God's not answering your prayer. But God said the miracle has already been released least in the heaven, and if you can see in the spirit, you'll thank me before you get it. Some walls only fall when you shout before you see them crack. Some some answers only come when you begin to rejoice before you have a signal. Is there a Joshua in Palmer right now? Is there somebody that's got an anointing that says, I'm going to march until I see it, but don't expect me not to shout. I might run the aisles on you. I might dance right in front of you. I'm not dancing because I got an answer. I'm dancing on my way to the answer. I'm dancing before I have the proof. I'm worshiping before I get the answer from the doctor because I have a God that puts miracles in motion. And when I see in the spirit, I get them before I get them. (laughs) Someone's going to get the miracle before you get the miracle. Stand to your feet right now. I want to give this to you. Let me show you something. I just saw this week, pastors probably preached it a million times, but I, I just saw it for the first time this week. When Jesus went to the garden to pray, the Bible said he was in an agony, uh, and that's the only time the word agony is used in the entire Bible, it was right here when Jesus prayed and his, his sweat was as great drops of blood. He was about to go to Calvary and save me from going to hell and save you from going To hell. But before he went to Calvary and died physically, he went to this place called agony. The word agony right here means to be uh, in a struggle for victory. And this is what it is it's severe mental and emotional struggles. That's what the word agony means, to be in severe emotional and mental struggles, to struggle for a victory. Now watch this. We go crazy and thank God for dying for us on the cross. We thank him for rising from the grave. We thank him and we should for all that he did. But Jesus didn't start Calvary at Calvary. He went to a place called agony and he got in the spirit and he won the war mentally before he felt it physically he mm, he got in the shokota, he won the battle here before he faced the battle there and there was not a soldier there was not a demon there was not a voice that could pull him off the cross because he had went through the blessing of agony and he had gone to a place where the miracle was already in motion He had already won the victory in his mind. And because he won the victory in his mind, he could win the victory for your mind. He could win the victory for your emotions. He could win the victory for your struggles. Because what you're asking God to do, someone's been praying, I'm in agony. I'm in anguish. Let me tell you something. If you are, you ought to thank the Lord. Because that's a place where victories are won. That's a place where your mind gets renewed. That's a place where there's answers before there's battles. And the Lord wouldn't even think of getting off the cross because he had already won the battle in a place called agony. And I've come to talk to your agony right now. I've come to talk to your discouragement and your despair and the deception of hell and your depression and tell you in the name of Jesus that on the other side of agony, you're gonna have your victory. You're gonna win your battle. You're gonna go to your Calvary and you're gonna have your resurrection. When it's all said and done, God's going to get the last word and God's going to get the final say because your miracle is already in motion. I wish you'd charge the altar right now. I, I wish somebody would get out of the pew and head toward the altar and say, God, I'm thanking you while I'm stressed out. I'm going to worship you while I'm weary. I'm going to praise you while I'm in agony because I know on the other side of agony is delivered for my family, salvation for my kids, answered prayers for my loved ones, because agony is the signal that I've already entered the battle before I get to the battle, that the miracle is already in motion. Let the prayer meeting begin. Someone ignore everybody around you and get a hold of God because something's coming to you that's greater than what you can see. Brother Plail, go ahead. Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Pray. Somebody pray.